Hello and welcome to WCW vs. NBO podcast, the podcast that analyzes, dissects, and spears one of the most important eras of professional wrestling history. I'm your host Dave and we'll be covering Starcade 1998 today, a crucial uh, pay-per-view in our timeline and maybe a telling difference in the Monday Night Wars. Of course I couldn't do this alone, with me today is Fergus Looney, how are you doing Fergus? Pretty good, pretty good. I don't know about you, but I could go for a WCW NWO MasterCard right about now. <laughs> the giant one in the crowd was pretty pretty great, pretty great plant. Very organic advertising. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd never have guessed. And of course, Connor O'Donnell, how are you doing today? Hey, yo, Dave, I'm doing good. So, I want to say I'm really excited to talk about the show. I, I usually say that, but like for this one, like when we started this podcast, if I had to rank the shows I was like, looking forward to most reviewing, this probably is in the top three. Bash 96 and Sold Out probably being the other two. This show probably has just the most nostalgic memories for me because it's the height of my wrestling consumption. And this is also the only WCW pay-per-view that I tuned in live for. Oh. Now, when I say tuned in, I actually pulled up the scrambled vision where you can just hear the audio. So that's <laughs> oh, amazing. I don't know if that counts really, but... Oh. I have fond memories of doing that and then once an actual pay-per-view coming true, like messing with it and like they, they got something wrong and I yeah, got once in a while you can free. get a clear signal for like two seconds. I remember seeing oh, like yeah. a shot of Kevin Nash. I'm like, oh, I can see. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> you gotta love the accessibility of like the current day viewing habits because like you can just watch anything now, like borrow a password or just like get an illegal stream. But like yeah. back in the 90s, we either had to like, pay for it or basically this was like your only option to know the results right away. Like, the next day at school to be like cool and stuff. I mean, you have to think about it. There's no Twitter. There's not, there's nothing. No. So yeah. unless you have like one of those black boxes too, it's like, this is your only option. What, one of my friends who got the pay-per-views sometimes as a kid told me a hell in a cell match was uh, done in a different room. That was a cell and you had to escape from it to the main ring. And he made <laughs> up this elaborate kind of like, Oh, that's a boiler races, room match, right? <laughs> match, yeah. And at the end of it, I'm like, really? And he's like, nah, I've never seen one. Oh, <laughs> before before the internet, I just had to believe other kids. I was very gullible. Never had anybody like that. Now, <laughs> now keep in mind, like we were ordering WWF pay per views every month at this point for sure. But never ordered a WCW pay per view. We we knew, we knew. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I just I wanted to say like this main event like really like sucked me in. Even though like I didn't really I watched WCW from afar. Like I kept track of it, but like this main event like really. It had my eye, and and that's like say what you will about WCW at this point. They still had an audience at this point too. It wasn't just me. This show was sold out. It pulled in a huge rating. It's basically a one match card with no Hogan and a bunch of no other top talent on here. There is a draw to this show. Oh yeah, like they, it felt like at this stage, or it still feels from watching it now and seeing some of the statistics that they could have still turned this around. That this was still a competitive fight for the viewers. Maybe not so much after the pay-per-view. Let yep. me just say there's an awful lot of talent on this roster. And they use some of it during Nitros, but it's not showcased on this pay-per-view. Gus, why don't you tell us what's been happening on the Nitros in the, the week's build-up to this uh, Starcade? Yeah, the Nitros have been up and down. I mean, there's a lot of storylines that just aren't on the show for the pay-per-view itself. Raven has been featured quite pretty heavily. We've had a tag team storyline that's been brewing. Which like rolls in right into the perfect question of guys. Who do you think are the tag team champions right now? Is this I I have no idea. But w- w- is this still with the black and white? Nope. High voltage. 
You're half right, Dave. No half way. right. Because I as I don't know if you guys remember, but Rick Steiner won the tag team titles. They still oh, have him? Yeah. And Rick Steiner still has one half of the belts, and he defended it once with Kenny Chaos. <laughs> Halfway through this run of the month, Kenny Chaos shows up and he's wearing the tag team title belt so that they can kickstart the incredibly important breakup storyline of high voltage as Robbie Rage returns and is not happy. <laughs> God. <laughs> the feud oh, everyone so- wants to see. <laughs> oh, totally. So you've, you've stuff like that. You've Raven who has now descended into like pathetic territory and his mother has shown up. I think the intent behind it is they're trying to deal with mental health, but it's the nineties. So it's not going very well. And there's a lot of suggestions about taking drugs and, the, the doctor taking care of him and stuff. I suppose the main thing that's happened is that off screen, Hulk Hogan has retired. I don't know about you, but it sounded very suspicious to me. He didn't even show up on Nitro. He has apparently decided to be to become the next president of the United States of America for real and has decided wrestling is a bit of a stain on the ink, ink copy, as it were. So he, he's gone and uh, just like that. No ceremony. Uh, no big promo, no thanks, nothing. Just gone. Just like his buddy Jesse. I mean, yeah, but I guess he just needed something more. <laughs> so in his place, Big Papa Pump has been nominated as the new head of the black and white. Nothing really changes there. Scott just gets to promo every single week and do the exact same promo about how he's going to sleep with all the women. He's a genetic freak and he just doesn't like Scott Hall. That is the, the best motivation to lead a stable I've ever heard. The most genuine. Could be, yeah, it's, it's more sincere than perhaps some of the other reasons. And then the, the only other one, which is probably one of the most tasteless things I've ever watched, is Ric Flair having a heart attack live on Nitro and then callously using it for at least two weeks of storylines. I remember this fondly as a kid. I remember even saying to my brother, because he would, he would get like visibly like purple in promos like weeks before too and i oh, yeah. I, I seriously joked to my brother i'm like is this guy gonna have a heart attack or what so when I, this angle came up i was like oh my god they stole my idea <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing shills the the moment more than rick finishes promo and he does immediately does this like shoulder like touches his shoulder and he's like really out of breath and he goes into the corner and mean gene just goes well that's certainly tired out that man <laughs> <laughs> well, like the cactus jack that must give him a headache on, on the power bomb on uh, <laughs> but man they milked the shit out of this it i'd say it was a good 10 to 15 minutes where they didn't go away from it one bit and everybody had to come out and do the faces and look real sorrowful and all the all the usual that's stuff. one yeah that's one thing the dirt sheet said is they they tried to make this as believable as possible that even like backstage, they tried to make it like legit shoot, and some people were like pissed backstage. I, to, oh. I love that it's not him like doing something physical, like if he was chasing Bischoff or something, or like oh he'd done that already. So he he'd worked brawl. himself up before the promo. Yeah, it's, Rick is so old; he can stress himself into a heart attack. It's not as dignified as I think they're trying to make it out to be. <sighs> yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of problems with this feud that we can. <laughs> yeah, we we can get into it more later. But the one thing I'm going to bring up that. I personally loved. It's totally tasteless. But they did bring, the following week, they brought in his two sons, David and Reed, and his wife at the time, Beth. Yeah, it's Beth. 
So Eric could come out and publicly apologize to them. And like in my head, I'm going, oh man, is he actually going to do this? Is he going to do what I think he's going to do? And my God, I've never laughed so hard when he goes, I'm going to have to apologize for kicking your ass. And he proceeds to high kick David Flair into the next stand. <laughs> is this the first appearance of David Flair? Um, I think think so I, I don't think he's been on reed has been on tv before because he's been yeah yeah, of, yeah. Like, I, I know reed has but i do not have fond memories of, of david Flair. no um <laughs> so followed by reed flair being like put up on brian adams's shoulders so he's just kicking at brian adams and he just doesn't give a crap what's going on that was all great definitely didn't need to see eric forcefully kissing flair's wife yeah, like was... whatever about the context of today, it still looked really bad for '98. Yeah. Don't get and knowing on, just but... how Bischoff treats women current yeah. days from hearing all the stories yeah. that I've heard. It it just it gets worse. So um, yeah, it's been pretty up and down. I think most stuff has been represented on the show. There are some bits that are missing. There's no Booker T. Booker T has a thing going on with Stevie Ray. No Bret Hart. I believe he's injured. Uh, it's really pretty focused on stuff on the show for the most part anyway the opening vignette doesn't inspire me with hope for this pay-per-view either just weird close-ups of different parts of goldberg's body the edge of his tattoo the top of his shoulder the inside of his tie we get to see it all to weird music and flashes this is star uh, by the way the biggest show of the year yeah yeah usually <laughs> marquee pay-per-view a lot of bits of goldberg a lot of individual bits of Goldberg. Not a lot of full shots of Goldberg, but a lot of his knee pads. <laughs> Tony does uh, try to do a good job of hyping us up for the show. Uh, the granddaddy of them all, he calls it the commentary team of Heenan, Shivani, and uh, Tanay run us through the card, especially the big main event. They called the uh, men involved Goldberg and Kevin Nash super heavyweights multiple times. They also run through the simulation for Flair versus Bischoff, where Bischoff has weaseled his way into kicking the horsemen off the show and that's what this card needed less star power to show <laughs> i mean i wouldn't worry too much mongo's barely on the show as it is so it's no big deal he's, he's been no showing events yeah, so. yeah. Oh. He's, he's not he's not in a good way that's, that's the uh, i don't know if he, even when tony mentions it he pauses before mentioning mongo like yeah. he separates them from the other we also get our first time on the podcast an advertisement for the qvc shopping channel this is Unreal. Amazing that this is still <laughs> on this the network <laughs> version of this. I've never wanted wrestlers to sell me shit more in my life than when I saw this ad. They're like, it's not regular jewelry. Yeah, it's nerd jewelry and shirts. <laughs> You're right. That's yeah. what Hogan on it. For those who don't know what this is, it's just kind of like a home shopping network. Basically, they just try and sell you, hey, you should buy this action figure and it's watch how much shit at some woman. Delicious price of twenty five ninety nine. Three three payments. My favorite part of those shopping channels is the uh, it's the Simpsons gag. It's the you know you call them up. Do you have any left? And there's just hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> or, or yeah, or South Park. There's a dragon right on the blade. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Dragon right on the blade. <laughs> right on the blade. Uh, I can't believe this is how they kick off their biggest pay per view of the yeah, year. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's not the best look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me and Gene on stage telling us uh, Mongo has been escorted out of the building by police. That would have been a nice visual to actually see, but I doubt he's there. Me and Gene uh, says if you call him on the hotline, he'll tell you who else is backstage, but he can't say here, legal reasons. But he can if you call him 
I'm paid four dollars an hour or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm paid a million dollars an hour. <laughs> I'm, not sure why, I'm, I'm not sure why legal reasons would allow him to say it over the phone and not on air, but there you go. I'm not a lawyer. Well, be- because he, he, they'd be tampering with the with the enemy, you know? What if it's Shawn Michaels? Yeah, exactly. But we get right into the first match of the night. First match of the night is Billy Kidman as our Cruiserweight Champion versus Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Juventud Guerrera. This is a continuation of the LWO storyline that's going on to kind of... Uh, it's kind of become more divided. Hoovy's now in the LWO. Eddie is, uh, still wants that championship, still wants a Cruiserweight Championship. He still wanted Ray in the LWO, and it's been Ray trying to get a fair shake against Kidman in singles matches and stopping the LWO from cheating against Kidman while Kidman's retained a couple times as fought the likes of Hoovy and Eddie in one-on-one matches so far. Anything else interesting in the Nitros happening between these guys, Gus? Sadly, they ditched the gag before the pay-per-view for the entire month. Eddie has been forcing Ray to wear the LWO t-shirt, but not just any LWO t-shirt. It's like the largest one you've ever seen in your life <laughs> on a five foot two man or however tall Ray actually is. So he just looks like a petulant child every single time he comes out. Uh, and then he takes it off and he throws it on the ground and stomps on it before he wrestles any any match because he's still technically in the LWO. There's some contract bullshit that Eddie calls. That's really it though. It, it's just Eddie wants the belt for the LWO. He thinks that Hoovy is the one who deserves it and he's been trying to position him and Ray keeps getting in the way. And then Billy is obviously just white bread baby face, so he just tries to do the right thing all the time. Did Eddie also force Ray to change his theme song to some kind of hip-hop song? No. In actual fact, a lot of the time he he was using the LWO music, which is just Eddie's music. So this Weird. one on the pay-per-view is the first time I heard that. It's mm. terrible. Um, I kind of I love it. But I, I grew up with his, like, who's that jumping out the sky music. <laughs> so this isn't w- worse than that, you know. Uh, Hoovy comes into this match first with his uh, LWO or Eddie's music. Ray's out second with, as we pointed out, hip new hip-hop music, which, as I said, I kind of love. And uh, he wipes his feet on an LWO t-shirt. Woo, boo. You know, for the, for the people. Champ is out last. Kidman is no frills, but uh, I'm pretty excited for this match on paper, and it did not disappoint. Uh, it is really hard to describe a bunch of the spots in this match, so I might miss some, and uh, the lads might be able to describe them better than me. But uh, it's really highly choreographed. The faces team up on Hoovy straight away. Hoovy gets bullied for a while before uh, Ray accidentally hits Kidman, and it all just breaks loose into a brawl. Very interesting in this match seldomly do they isolate people. So traditionally in these three-way matches, you get spots where they just throw someone out of the ring and they just do normal spots. That basically doesn't happen at any stage in this match. All the spots they do are three-way spots or pin breaks. Hoovy gets picked out of the air with a double drop kick. Ray gets Frankensteinered in a doomsday device position. Ray Rana's uh, Hoovy to the outside from the apron, which looked really sore. No man can get a clean pin, and it's kind of the story of this match. They're all broken up at two, even though a bunch of the moves seem to be good enough to finish matches. All three men still pulling out big, bigger and bigger spots and looking more and more sluggish as the match goes on and tired. Asai moonsault off the top rope by Ray to both men. Hoovy driver to Ray for a very cl- uh, close three, but Kidman breaks it up, and uh, Hoovy's starting to look very irritated by the constant breaking up of pins. Kidman is sitting on the top rope, and Hoovy throws Ray into him and lets him run him off the top rope, which is one of my favorite spots. I think these guys do it a couple times. 
Star pressed by Kidman from the top rope to the outside, and he almost dies. Very dangerous. I don't know why he would do this. But it's also his finish. Wouldn't it finish the match if he did it to both of them on the outside, if he's finishing it in the ring? Right, that, and we have seen, there was like two big dives to the outside before this. Yeah. Felt a bit a little bit much, and it was just an awkward setup since Ray and Hoovy just had to stand there, felt like for ages, and they had to catch yeah. him. They had to and get. Could, they did a very good job of getting under him. Yeah, well, they they came up. He, they came up short too, so they had to like run in to catch Kidman. Yeah. So I I thought it was completely unnecessary. Cool spot, but I thought the crowd was like, oh yeah, it was kind of cool, but like we've seen it a couple times already. Tonight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that was a a step too far, but there is a lot of cool spots in the match. Didn't really need it. Loud, loud boos by the crowd, and that can only mean one thing: Eddie Guerrero's out to distract the ref. And he gets the ref to check on Ray and uh, on the outside, which I thought was a really clever ref distraction because usually they just talk rubbish and like, why would the ref go over to him? But he like goes, no, oh, he's hurt, he's hurt, has to leave the ring. Uh, then close lines Kidman, who sit, uh, sits down uh, on a sunset flip pinning Hoovy. The ref runs into the ring uh, for Hoovy, who gets uh, two counts, but Ray drop kicks Hoovy to break up the pin, but lets Kidman roll through to get a sneaky win. Three count with, with uh, Ray, not uh, any of the wiser to the pin. Uh, what did you guys think of this uh, first match? I, I've been a bit uh, succinct with the description, but it's super hard to go through some of these spots. I did not like this as nearly as much as you did. This is a perfect example of why they do the isolation. Uh, there's literally no plot going on, and it's all spot, break, spot, break, spot, break. It's incredibly choreographed, and uh, yeah, it just didn't do anything for me. I, I enjoyed it way more than Gus did. I, I, I think it's just, I, I hate the, the, the resting on the outside, so I like that. I thought they choreographed their spots well for the most part. So other times it's kind of frustrating. And it does suck that the commentators kind of point this out like, oh, how, how are they going to end this match? Because it's, they'll do a high spot, try and pin, while the other guy's there because there's just no separation at all. So they probably could have thought like of a, a better way to find separation at one point and get a, a better pin attempt because... Ray drop kicks Kidman to, into like into the pin, and he just kind of has to be like, oh, I drop kicked him too hard, so I roll to the side, and oh, I can't get to the pin fast enough. So the finish kind of felt a little weird, but I don't know. I I still I still really enjoyed it. It's a lot a lot of action, really no dead time. You know, there's no rest spots or anything. So I mean, it's one thing that WCW has done throughout the podcast is these cruise, cruiserweight matches. Yeah, like I don't think we've ever had like I'm talking about like egregiously bad. I think of like maybe one or two, but we've never had like two or three in a row. Like it's, it's always pretty, pretty consistent throughout the whole thing. And this is where the best spot it is as the opener. Good, good way to open your show. I thought. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with both your points to an extent. I actually enjoyed it. I do think it's a little over choreographed, but I think that's a, a nice change from the traditional kind of layout of these matches. And while if they did this like all the time, or this was how all three way matches kind of went on, it would get a bit boring and overdone. I, I kind of like what they're trying to do here. And every man seemed frustrated that they couldn't finish the match. So there was a little bit of a story there. But I also get that some spots were contrived, like over contrived and hard to believe. And a lot of one guy standing there pretending he can't see stuff. It felt new, particularly just because the other triple threat matches we've had have been more hardcore matches. And this one yeah, was like a complete com- cruiser, cruiser weight spot fest. So yeah. good balance. Post-match, Eddie completely chews out uh, Ray and Hoovy. I get kind of what they're doing with the Ray is kind of can't do anything. I'm not sure why Ray doesn't just leave or just kick Eddie. 
<laughs> he's know, under like contract. Like, they're rivals, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Eddie chews boat out, calling them both morons and screaming and like calls Kidman a sissy and that he could beat him at any time, even though and he's a lost. Puff, that's a, a bit puff. much. Yeah. yeah. He caught <laughs> yeah. He says this even though he's lost to Kidman on a nitro recently. So that doesn't make a lot of sense, but and he says, if you have to do something uh, right, do it yourself. And he calls Kidman back. Kidman being the face, uh, completely agrees to the match. But a little caveat that Eddie has to do it in his streets right now. He has, like, working boots on and just jeans, which is a great look for Eddie. But, yeah, kinda, yeah, you didn't really need that back and forth. He's like, no, 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 I, I got to put my stuff on. No, no, no. Yeah. No, just just agree to the match. You know. And Kidman's like, no, you must uh, work in uncomfortable boots. I liked that. I, I to he be did. fair, I, I guess it was just a little like the promo by Eddie. It was like slightly. There was times where he was like really fiery and really good, but the other times it just he seemed to stumble a bit. Yeah, he kind of stumbled on his words a couple times. But yeah, it, it gets across, and we get a second match of the night already. Kidman pulling double duty, defending his title against Eddie Guerrero. Eddie starts with a furious pace, trying to take advantage of a tired Kidman. Hoovy does the uh, outsiders abdominal stretch spot with Eddie, but Ray breaks it up. Uh, to the frustration of Guerrero. Kidman gets a head of steam, but is immediately shut down by Hoovy grabbing his leg, and there's little stop, uh, stuff like this. Eddie gets a chop lock off on Kidman, and this is a very funny line on commentary by Heenan. It don't bend that way, referring to Kidman's knee. Oh, my, my favorite line from Brain was, this looks like two construction workers fighting on their lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a fun, it was a funny gag, but I'm like, man, this is Kidman's retire. So it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not kind of making fun of him here, but yeah. all right. Eddie lets Kidman get like fired up in the corner, tells him to hit him, tells him to charge at him, but he's playing possum. He takes off to his worker boot and uses it as a weapon on a charging Kidman. I never got these using your boots or shoes as weapons. Surely kicking them with the boots would. <laughs> but anyway, brainbuster by Eddie and he goes for the frog splash, but Kidman meets him up top for a superplex for a two count. Funny moment when Hoovy gets bonked in the head by Ray by Eddie's boot <laughs> and, and stops Eddie from cheating when it breaks up the submission. I don't think Hoovy was expecting that. I think he almost breaks. He's like smiling after it. Ray tries to stop uh, an LWO bodyguard from coming in, but it lets Hoovy crotch Kidman on the top rope. The ref is kicking the bodyguard uh, out of ringside and Ray takes his time uh, to get his redemption, pushes Eddie off the top rope and who gets crotched himself and knocks Hoovy down. Kidman hits the star press and gets a three. Crowd are electric uh, for Kidman's win, but more so, I think, for Eddie's loss. What do you guys? guys who is who is this? Who is this bodyguard? They've never named him. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Movie now. <laughs> yeah. I oh. just you just wear shades and that's it. I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I could watch these guys go, man. I, I thought it was just some. Guys. Yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely could too. The one thing I didn't like about the other match comparing it to this match was the previous match didn't really have like heat. It was just like, ah, fun athleticism here. But this was Eddie draws actual heat. Like this is the good kind of heat. And the fact that he wrestles with one shoe too. I mean, good job, man. He didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he does. He he does like a, a springboard off the like middle rope, the top rope and does like an arm drag with one working boot on and one sock. And I, I really love the Ray and Hoovy dynamic on the outside. Just kept me entertained throughout the whole thing. This match just like flew right by. Yeah, this is m- a mile better than the, the previous match, I think. 
Okay, um, I can agree with that. For just the, the storyline, their ability to get heat, they're actually able to focus on each other and do something other than spots to actually garner a storyline out of it. So I think it's much, much better crafted overall. And it's the right winner as well. So like Kidman is actually surprisingly over. He he doesn't get promo time all that much, which is pretty obvious from the just before. I mean, every time he shows up, they're pretty, pretty jazzed to see him. And they're like, he always brings the goods. So and then Eddie gets heat plenty of times as well. So this is a great one. And normally I don't like these two matches in a row for somebody that WCW has been doing lately. But this one surprisingly worked. It's probably just because Eddie Guerrero's involved. Oh, Eddie's, Eddie's so good here. Uh, there's so many little things he does when he wrestles, so many little details he adds. He t- tells such a good story while his spots are still crisp. I, I'd agree with bo- both of you. Like, I think this is better than the first match as much as I enjoyed the first one. I could watch these guys in Iron Man match. They have great chemistry in them together. And just look how far Eddie has come. Remember in the beginning of the podcast, like he sucked. <laughs> like He was yeah, did not like was any bad. of his matches. Yeah. yeah. But even then, like just his ring work too, like it just, he's really kind of perfected how to use his ring work w- with his character as well. Yeah, since the Chavo stuff, it's been nothing but hits by him, I think. Yeah, I would say the Ray feud too. Just Yeah, Ray's a great feud. Uh, yeah, what was our first match with him against Rick, I think? It was against Rick Flair? That was one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was pretty medium. When he still had the full on uh, white singlet tights white thing. jacket i thought maybe yeah look how different he looks yeah. in like a year and a half or whatever since we first saw him on the cast yeah insane and i think this might be the, like last time we're going to talk about eddie i it's it, i feel sad i don't want to move on he's like my all-star of the podcast so far but a uh, great way to send him off i think with this uh match weird po- uh, post-match vignette uh with a bunch of clouds and vaguely kind of apocalyptic music <laughs> <laughs> and it's Goldberg and Nash just shouting at each other, like clipped in with no audio to it, and then being held apart from brawling. It looks like it was stuck together in five minutes. Like this full on reeks of like, oh man, I got this new thing I can do. <laughs> the fade in. <laughs> and you're like, look at these clouds. Isn't that deadly? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's the same guy that did Foley for that like one other vignette that drove me nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Same, it's the same thing. That intern, like, oh, look look at this new effect I've been working on. Brilliant. Put it in there. I'm going to star wipe out. It's not It's not a star wipe moment. No, it's, it's all I know how to do. We're going to star wipe out. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much budget for WCW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next match, if you want to call it that, is Norman Smiley versus Ugh. Prince Iokea. Iokea with a much better look than he's had before. Shorter what? hair. He looks like... Look at my notes. This is what his his attire... Is. He hasn't well, okay, I'm changed. Sorry. His hair. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Gus? You you tell me. You have to be sane on this. What are well, your I thoughts mean, on Prince Iakea's mostly shaved head, but he has like a little dreadlock poof on the top? It's it's insanely bad, but like <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, Dave, what are you talking about? I, it's better than he, I think he used to look so bland. He has different. He shorts, still I looks bland. I don't know what you're talking he's about. Just bland in general. <laughs> he's yeah. so bland. I like I like Norman Smiley a lot. He's a great I think worker. Sorry, it's Norman Smiley. Norman <laughs> They're trying so hard. They're trying so... They obviously know he's a good worker. And they're trying so hard to, like, get any gimmick to stick with him. But he's kind of bland. And he has this, like, gotch-style wrestling that's really good. But why the fuck is this on a pay-per-view? I would just like to point out that they did this match last week. Mm. Pretty much move for move. Please Mm. don't talk about this match much more. It's really bad. 
the crowd does not respect it and the announcers do not respect it. <laughs> so the, o- the only reaction they get is the big wiggle, which gets quite a reaction. Yeah. Which is weird. So like he's obviously cementing himself as like a comedy character, but then Tanay tries to like put him over like he's this submission specialist, spend time in Japan and like listen. Do one or the other. Like WCW, work on your whole presentation here. Like the guy's last name is Smiley as well. Dances in the ring. Like I don't think this guy really isn't like the deadly submission specialist. He's no like Chris Benoit here with like the crippler crossface here. Let's, yeah, and, let's and then why put him up. against Prince? Like, if you want him to be like the William Regal that you don't have anymore, that kind of character, why is he against one of the really good wrestlers you have on your roster that you're paying money? And then, then he can have a good match, and then it doesn't make any sense he's on the pay per view. But then you're you know using your very good wrestler to put another guy over instead. It's I hate to say I, I don't like giving out that much about him, but like Prince just hasn't improved since we last seen him. He's very bad. No, it's just these guys don't have chemistry either. That's yeah. because he hasn't been on television. <laughs> He, he has not been on television at all. So this yeah, is like yeah. only this maybe third time I've seen him since the last time you guys saw him. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if he does work for a different company at this era of his career. Or is he just all the No, WCW they just, just, they just rotate people. One guy will get on like a month of nitros, essentially like to show himself off or whatever and see what they can do kind of thing. And then they'll just disappear. So like this month was Scott Putzky. Scott Putzky is on every single week. Scott Putzky is terrible. I was talking to Gus about this match in our, our spare time, and uh, it's insane to me that Prince Ioka doesn't know how to do like a, a baby face kind of power up. You know, this whole match is set up with like boring kind of gotch style moves. I like them. I know others don't. Grinding down the face, and then the face is supposed to you know get their shine moment and probably lose anyway. And Ioka doesn't have that. He did one move. All, he did a Northern Light suplex all match, and then just a bunch of kicks. It just fell in slow motion the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Where isn't Alex Wright when you need him? <laughs> yeah, put Alex Wright against Norman Smiley probably get a better match. But uh, Smiley wins with a variation of the chicken wing, which is a nice variation. But no one, no one reacts to it. They don't know. I don't think they know that it's his finish. Oh no, he's he's won like three or four matches now with it. So oh, wow. it's mm-hmm. he's oh, been wow. on shows and he's been there. And nobody reacts to him. A submission finisher for this guy? No, it just doesn't really fit. Yeah. Well, one, uh, one thing I will say positive that I do like about Smiley, his shoes kick ass, man. Like there's another wrestler worn like Adidas like type oh, style. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know, it's a very unique look. Yeah, Actually, I, I, I think Gunter. Like Gunter has those kind of style or he did oh, okay. for a while, I think. So maybe it's a European thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If you want to see good um Norman Smiley matches, I think it's UWV or U, uh, UPW, UPW, the shoot style Japanese wrestling promotion. He has some really good stuff in there, but you're not going to find any good matches in, uh, in WCW. No, not WCW. He he becomes a, it's a comedy a hardcore comedy like. hardcore title character. It's yeah, just, it's bizarre. Yeah, Scott Hall is out with uh, an Outsiders T-shirt on, which gets some uh, great reactions. Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of earnest, honest um, interview by Scott. Almost sounds like half shooty, um, and kind of really cements Kev as a babyface going into this main event, which is an interesting dynamic. You know, he, he saying that Kev always dreamed of having the title, being the man. Uh, what do you guys think of Scott's promo here? I'd love to give him more credit, but he did the exact same promo a week ago. <laughs> oh, uh, oh God, damn it. <laughs> like literally a week ago. I thought it was okay though. Like I liked it is the very definition of tweener, like, which is I think what the he he is really. 
in that like he he is kind of like down on his luck and it does reflect where he is as a wrestler and it's character growth but it's the exact same thing that was on nitro i'm like why are you guys repeating all this stuff not to spoil that a very next segment but it's another recap from nitro <laughs> like I'm, I'm just getting bored now i'm like that's not what i would pay for a pay-per-view for like i want to see new stuff i don't want to sit there through 20 minutes of things that i've already watched on on product yeah it's not like he's doing the survey promo anymore either so i mean he, he does, did do he does a, a little bit of the too too sweet and bit, yeah you know that but it's but it's not like the total mark out this is fun let's yeah let's do the thing again no so theme it, yeah. music let's not forget as well yeah the well, classic doing... wcw staple <laughs> it, it has more in storyline reason than most right yeah ones, my impression sure, is but... like he's kind of a loner now which side is he gonna be on type yeah. of thing yeah this if it's a rehash this is pretty bad I like it because it's like open ended. It's like, ooh, like is this like outsiders reunion? Are they both good guys? Like, hopefully he does get his life back around if you're a fan. But if he's just rehashing everything, just to just to batter down your hopes and dreams, Dave. They've already had a tag team match. Yeah, (laughs) like Uh, they've already teased that reunion properly. Like they had it. So like, it's just treading over all ground repeatedly. I, it feels uh, so much of this pay per view feels like time filling. And this like just get Scott out there, get the crowd hot kind of thing. It's, after that, as uh, as Connor alluded to, we get a flashback of Bam Bam Bigelow trying to beat up everyone that he comes into contact with. Beats the crap out of Scott Hall backstage, which leads to a three way match between Kev Bam Bam and Goldberg that leads to a no contest because of course it does. Who the fuck can take the pin here? So I hate those matches. It's like, uh, no one can take the pain. It's definitely just going to be thrown out, you know? Well, also the fact that Nitro had like four minutes left. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably my biggest, my biggest bugbear with Nitro. Like you're guaranteed that no main event will start with more than eight minutes left in the show. Like (laughs) it it never happens. (laughs) Yeah, this is very typical too of the, the era as well. All right, here's the main event of the pay-per-view. Why not have it right now? It's it's totally going to have a finish, right? Yeah. Yep. Speaking of high-octane pay-per-view matches, we get Perry Saturn versus Ernest Miller with Sonny Ono. This, believe it or not, is a continuation of a feud that probably didn't even need one match, uh, where uh, Sonny has a win over Perry Saturn, technically. He's been, like, lording it over him. Ernest Miller is being a dick and still doing his, you know, lethal weapon thing, which is growing on me. I think it's kind of funny. But again, is it funny enough to be putting on Starcade? You got to ask yourself that, WCW bookers. Yeah, you've only heard it w- once or twice. Try try listening to it every single week. What's really weird about it is it hits with crowds a bit differently. Some crowds seem to be, you know, loving it and it's very funny and they can't wait for him to get his comeuppance. And some people hate it. Just dead quiet, like just nothing. Uh, this crowd was kind of quiet about it because, again, they're seeing Ernest Cat Miller at Starcade. I think the highlight of this feud is the budding tangential feud of Perry Saturn versus the refs. <laughs> he loses a match. There's like some interference or whatever. It's not clean anyway. And the ref doesn't see it. And Perry's so angry. He just like DVDs the ref. And then the following week, there's another interference in a match that Perry's involved in. The ref gets knocked out. And so the ref from the previous week who he DVD'd comes in and fast counts Perry. So he loses. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, that's yeah. actually good. That's kind of funny. Compared to this match, that, that's about as good as it gets for this feud. Yeah. This match has one good moment that I'll do. He does his whole, you know, I have lethal weapons, turn around. Perry Saturn obviously hits him because no one's ever actually left the ring. 
I, I think it would be very funny if one character was like, oh, thanks for the warning. He just left. Got out of the ring. Cat slides back in when Perry isn't looking to grab him, but comes up short, and Perry Saturn just turns around and starts kicking the crap out of him, which I thought was kind of, kind of funny moment. Besides that, nothing happens in this match. Cat kicks him a bunch. Eventually gets Sonny to try and kick him. Sonny kicks Cat by mistake and DVD, and it's all over. After the match, Cat kind of like pushes or kicks Ono, and it looks real painful. Like he's a lot bigger than Sonny Ono. He like launches him across the ring. Yeah, it's uh, it just doesn't work. I just the two of them wrestle completely differently, and I don't think it works at all. Yeah, this is this is useless. This is such a waste of a pay per view slot. Yeah, yeah, I mean seriously, where's Kaz Hayashi, Gus? Uh, he only had one match this month. <laughs> Fuck this company. <laughs> and I think he lost as well. <laughs> so, How whatever. many matches did Bobby Duncan Jr. have then? Tell me, please. Please, more than one. Three? Three, okay. four? That's, he win- he wins a match. Barry Windham even wrestled this month. So. That's fine. It's just, yeah. you put these random guys in pay-per-view. <laughs> do something with them after that. Come on. It's incredible. Incredible. Uh, what do you think Barry Windham's finisher is? Is it just like a DDT? Mm, close. Connor? Ooh. I don't know. It's a full-on superplex, baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of setup for a finish. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miju is on stage, and he calls out Flair. This is the first time we've seen Flair at a pay-per-view in forever, actually. Long time. Nice to see him with Mean Gene, too, because this would be... this In 1997, this was every yeah. week. Yeah. It got a little old, but still, like to hear it back again, doing the whole Mean Woo! <laughs> so it was it, it was nice to hear it again. He's fully hyped. He's fully in a glittery robe. He's telling us he knows that the odds are against him, but he doesn't care. No matter what's going to happen tonight, Bish is getting his ass kicked. That's all that matters. Then some classic limo riding, the helicopter hiring, I don't know, flare stuff at the end. <laughs> helicopter hiring? That doesn't yeah. sound very cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Gotta go to the, gotta go to the place. Gotta write out my application. Then yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very boring if you break down the individual bits of his rant, but it's his life. <laughs> I thought there'd be a bit more to this promo. It started off well with the no matter what, Bish is getting his ass kicked. But this is supposed to be personal, and it's actually a bit of a problem. I have a flair promos in in general because they can't stay personal because he has to hit all his catchphrases at some stage, which makes it very, I don't know, unpersonal and like every other feud he's had. Again, he's had the same promo for most of the month. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, usually veers into murdering Eric, though. Like, usually talking about, like, ripping his heart out, proving to everyone, to the world, that he has no heart, that kind of stuff. Like, gouging his eyes and, like, very, very visceral imagery. So this is a bit tamer, I suppose. Rick is becoming the Saw, the Jigsaw Killer, against Bischoff. Uh, he goes a bit into the uh, every limb, you know. Uh, he, he says... Uh, a nice line, which is uh, a break his leg in the figure four, and I felt it before. So I guess that's a bit visceral, but yeah, ending it with let's get in some limousines is is always a bit weird to me. Vignette directly after this showing, uh, as I can describe, Bischoff being a dickhead highlights. It's just a story of him being the leader of the NWO and him abusing the power, and it ends with the flare heart attack and him attacking his kids. But just a highlight reel that lasts like two or three minutes of Bischoff being a dickhead. <laughs> it was weird that like a lot of the footage was like over a year ago, like the whole yeah. Pee Wee Anderson firing. Like that was a long time ago. Yeah. I don't it's know weird. why they like didn't include any footage of like kicking flair out of the ring or any, any of that type of stuff. 
yeah. any of the recent stuff. It's Again. I guess it's painting a picture of like him getting corrupt over a whole year. I, I I guess, but that's been our complaint that like there was a short amount of time where he did like abuse his power and he like he seemed like he was in control. But again, most of the time it's like, are you in control? Or I I can't tell anymore. Like he didn't really interf- like interfere with a lot of stuff. Like if you watch the WWF in like '98, McMahon is like messing with everything. He's fucking getting in Stone Cold's way and fucking screwing him like constantly and like the most egregious ways as possible. Like Bischoff is just like, eh, I'm in, I'm control, right? You know, <laughs> wear my cool leather jacket, right? I'm totally the person yeah. in this company. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. I don't know. I had to hang out with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet again, guys, you'll guess you've guessed it. This was on Nitro. Oh God. <sighs> Who bought it? Who got suckered into buying this pay-per-view? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people, I'd say. <laughs> Like, yeah, no, like I said, it was a, it was a big number, but hey, yeah. it wasn't me. I watched the scrambled. You, you got to hear the commentary. Uh, you got to feel the emotion. Backstage, Conan's just relaxed on the couch, minding his own business, and Steiner and Buff just get in his face and threaten to beat him up. I thought this was so funny. <laughs> he's just like lying on a couch. He's like, hey, you, we're going to kick your ass. He's like, what? <laughs> uh, they say the red and black is dead and that they agreed not to attack Luger, but they will beat him up. Luger drags them all apart. Conan, after the shock has died away, gets a bit rowdy about it, but that that's about it. Uh, Gus, when, when did the FUBU uh, thing start? That, 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 I think that's the first one I've seen him wear. That's delightful. Yeah. That's like perfectly <laughs> cements this kind of era of like bad yeah. WCW. Just Lex Luger wearing FUBU. FUBU, yeah. And then <laughs> the guy is starting to wear uh, jerseys of whatever town they're in. Yeah. Like that starts to creep into every segment. Like Scott Hall, when he gets beaten up by Bam Bam, they're in Tampa. He's wearing a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. And sure, that stuff. that I can see. Like, but like Lex Luger, whose appeal is like show off your physique, you know that type of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna guess, not knowing much about sports, which team that the Lightning are? Hockey. Yes. Yeah. No, oh, I got there. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, this was just so rat. It's like we need Steiner and Buff on the pay per view, I guess, and we're not bothered putting anyone into matches. No one's bothered fucking working, so we'll just have them threaten Conan as he chills in the back. It, I mean, honestly, it looks like Conan didn't know this segment was on. <laughs> they, that they just bum rushed him. Like. This is actually a continuation of a storyline, so there's actual continuity going on here. I'll give them credit. But th- this is what happens in, at Nitros. Correct. Why this is like sh- the biggest Nitro you've ever seen. Is yeah. how I, I feel about it. After that star-studded little moment, we get uh, an even more star-studded match. Brian Adams and Scott Norton versus Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn. You've heard right, Jerry Flynn. This is a nothing match. This is a squash. Fit and Jerry have teamed together a little bit in WCW and teamed together apparently in Japan for a while. I guess they needed to get Scott Norton and Brian Adams over. It's just an extended squash. There's one important thing during this match yeah they announced that the world title match is no dq this is true yeah they used and they harp on about it and tony's like keeps repeating that all all title matches need to be like this no they don't we're talking about (laughs) we'll we'll get more into it in the actual main event but it's so convoluted to make it it's not like they just agree on it like maybe they could have went goldberg and kev agrees this needs to have an ending they're like actually the secret council of match doers <laughs> meet and they have exactly five members in case 
you know, it can never be a tie. If one dies, <laughs> even today, he's like Tony, get on with your explanation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> At least they do it. In other, we've complained in other main events. Someone just gets hit by a chair, and the ref doesn't care. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> they, they just wanted to see a finish. There's a, lo- there's a lot of that in this pay per view too. Yeah. <laughs> at least they bothered making it an ODQ match so we don't have to ask wasn't that a DQ this match was actually fine I like everyone in it um, <laughs> this is awful like that <laughs> it's just a, it's just a squash like, it's just a thunder match yeah it's, yeah. Just, it's nothing to... every individual worker in this match is a fine worker I have no idea where they have a pay-per-view slot I'm assuming Scott lost his title in some at some point because he had he was bringing it with him to the ring so oh that's cool hmm hmm I will say the the funny thing about this match is that there's a long beat down of Fit Finley and let's lead up the hot tag to Jerry Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So lame. He, he's I mean, part of this subcategory of guys in WCW at this moment that do karate moves. Karate's just big. They all know Bish loves it. So all these big guys are just doing spin kicks and I hate it. I mean, would you trust uh, Jerry Flynn to do the 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 man in peril to be honest no yeah that's true i mean jerry Jerry flynn like to be fair he's done like fine work in the company as being the the guy that we need a big guy for either luger to rack yeah goldberg to jackhammer or giant to choke slam type of thing stepping stone like so he's 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 served a role but yeah not on pay-per-view get him off yeah i mean i know like historically there was a time when vince was like I'll try and get everybody on, so it's a payday for WrestleMania. But this is not it. Like, <laughs> yeah, the the dude with the mullet from the eighties. Just no. I just the guys we saw <laughs> in the segment before this, Buff and Scott, have been prominently on TV and pay per views for months. And why aren't they in a match? Why aren't they in this match? Why are Brian and Scott there instead of Buff and, and Scott? Where's Harlem Heat? Where's Horace Hogan? <laughs> yeah, where's Hor- Horace Hogan has been wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Usually uh, with Brian Adams, actually, like this is a rare appearance for Scott Norton. I, think I guess they, I shouldn't complain. Scott Norton's you know, twenty times better, but he's also so big. I forget how big he is until he's in the ring with other guy, big guys. Just that, all that build up of Horace Hogan at Halloween Havoc, and then and, and yeah. <laughs> he's straight into the Mook tag team ranks. <laughs> Post match, Mean Gene is back up at the stage, and this time he calls out Bish. Bish says uh, he's very sorry to Flair, and he's very sorry that Flair has uh, taken this match, and that he's risking his life stepping in the ring with a bad heart. I think that's actually quite a good promo. And then he uh, baits and switches us. He says that the one reason he's in this ring is because he's broke, which is way too true, way too close to the to the bone in this interview. That's why I hated this promo. I thought it, it was awful. It's kind of mean. <laughs> I thought it was good because... It's a bit close to home. It is throwing shade on Flair. He does make the good point of Eric also rides in limos and jets, but the company pays for them and Eric pays for his own. And then uh, ducks out. Very good reaction. Very uh, a lot of heat, but maybe the wrong type. Uh, Connor, Connor, you just didn't like it because it was too realistic, or that I I, I didn't. I didn't hear that much reaction to it. So to me, it's just kind of weird that like I saved my money, you know, type. Of yeah, thing. I, like okay. I think the problem is is that at this point, they they just don't need promos. Like all they've done is promo against each other for the last month. Mm-hmm. I just want to see them wrestle. I don't really care what anyone. I, I just to don't say. think Bischoff's a good promo, so that's why I I, I don't think it's needed. Mm. It's certainly not his style, anyway. He's mm-hmm. he's not a serious. He's more of a jokey kind of guy. Yeah. 
That's ab- that's absolutely fair. Maybe going a bit cheap as well with the heat, as I said. But certainly, yeah, again, just kind of time-wasting. This seems like a Nitro promo. He's cut this no- promo before, hasn't he, Gus? Don't I mean, tell me that. parts of it, yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah. We also, after this, get another new piece of content. No, I'm kidding. It's just a rerun <laughs> of fake Conan getting line tamered. Uh, sadly, just... they cut the like best part of that promo. That's actually yeah. quite a good one. So he brings out Conan to talk about the injustices of how he lost his title. And this uh, Con- is Chris Jericho, by the way. Sorry, I cut that. And bit. Conan has like the Conan has three different weapons, and it starts off with like knuckles, and then he has a chain in his pocket, and then he has like a shovel. <laughs> and he's just Chris is explaining how he like fought valiantly, and Conan kept cheating, and like eventually he fell to it because he couldn't he couldn't like outlast all of these dastardly shenanigans and he's like i am the true television champion while ralph has stood in the background and looked really weird but that's about the highlight of chris um i don't know how much you remember about this uh, i'm sure connor has a rough idea but uh he is big time on the way out here yeah he, he loses the title by getting himself ddt'd onto it to conan uh, very unceremoniously uh, he needs to leave Everyone needs to leave this company. Oh, he stage. is going to leave. Yeah. Like this is, he's gone within the next month or two. Yeah, month. yeah. We wow. we chronicled in uh, the past pay per views that uh, the whole Goldberg thing was was the big catalyst, and this was like, ah, WCW, like let's take the title off you. But to be fair, we can talk about like if it's actually might be a good idea going forward either way. Yeah, like it's it's noticeable that he he doesn't really try as much stuff on mm-hmm. the show anymore. He just kind yeah. of plays the hits almost and like he's still wrestling quite well and whatever but yeah it's not the same you can tell that he's like i am just biding my time until i can autopilot for now yeah 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 Yeah, it's i always find it weird in this situation where obviously it's going to be not easy but he could probably jump to the competitor but when you're leaving as a wrestler you don't want to like put in super effort and waste good material but you don't want to bury yourself on the way out either so he still has to put on some decent performances. This match is, uh, I don't know, kind of simple. Yeah, but it's your favorite match. wrestler. Oh my god! Yeah, this might be one of Conan's better matches, which yeah, says I so too. Which says a lot. Which says a lot about Conan. Jericho's down to the ring with Ralphus and the TV title. Even though he's not the champion, he's stolen it from Conan in their last encounter. They they never showed him stealing the belt. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, it's very possible he did, but like. They definitely didn't hint. They definitely didn't show him running away with the belt or whatever in, in that much detail. It's not like I, they've run with this gimmick. You know. I I might have to go back and watch the the Starcade segment with Conan. I think the belt is there when he's sitting <laughs> down. So, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> Chris with some nice cheap heat pre match pretends uh, to be out of touch. Uh, with what Conan has to say, which is funny because I'm actually out of touch with what Conan has to say. Conan comes out and it's all his shtick and the crowd love, love it. Still yeah. still as over as it's ever been. Jericho, cocky early match with his normal gimmicks, the, the foot on the chest pin and such. Come on, baby. Until to- uh, Conan gets a leg up uh, to reverse a top rope maneuver, which always happens with Jericho because he doesn't actually have it off the top rope move. It's always just eating a boot. I've never seen him land anything. Uh, he reverses a leapfrog from the corner into an Alabama slam, which is actually a, a nice little spot. Conan, uh, check on the ref, who he accidentally bumps, and Jericho uses his distraction to hit Conan with a TV title. 
Jericho slaps the ref back into this dimension, just slaps him right in the face to revive him, which I thought was quite funny, but only gets a two count on Conan. So is K-Dog strong, or is the TV belt just not... Is it, <laughs> the TV belt just weak? He has a bigger skull, probably. No, like, Jericho slapped the shit out of that referee to wake him up. It was pronto, like... Because I, I didn't know I didn't know the result of this match. I thought I thought the match was over. I was. It's a it's a weak belt. They don't put as much gold into the lower card belts. That might even be gold plated. Uh, face buster by K Dog and Tequila Sunrise for an unceremonious win at the end. It doesn't even look like it hurts. <laughs> like he just sits there. I was just waiting for it. It's so bad. <laughs> People still use that submission. Tequila Sunrise. You know, you're just after the siesta. You're only really waking up. Uh, you, you don't want to do anything too serious. It's barely a half Boston crab. Uh, the match is fine. The match is yeah. Great. Like it's this would be f- this is fine. It's concise, and I'd absolutely be fine with it if it was on a thunder. But it is on Starcade. <laughs> Does Riley Arty Piper still work for this company? He is probably under contract. I'd say <laughs> I'll take this match over anything, Piper. Yeah. I would, but it's just a. They have so many expensive wrestlers on their roster. So much star power. And I'm watching Conan slap on a half-hearted Tequila Conan, Sunrise. Conan on is one of the biggest people they've got. Like, I hate to break That's this fair. to you, like, but That's this fair. is like he should be on the show. Yeah, he should he should win I, he should win the belt too, because I think Jericho's act has kind of played out. You, yeah. Like take away the fact that like we know he's leaving. Like I think it's probably a good time just to make a switch. Yeah, here. Just transition him. He'd be perfect. No, I, I don't mind the I don't mind the winner for sure. If he it's was just, staying He'd be. He probably would have been perfect to feud with Kidman, even if yeah. he is a bit above him. But like, whatever. Yeah, it's it's just I don't know. There's just no kind of fire behind this match. It seems like a throwaway thing. And if it was on a different pay per view or if what? it was on a normal card, I, I yeah, there's fired. like there's not really much of a feud because Conan doesn't really like care. Get yeah, he just doesn't get emotionally invested in anything. Yeah. <laughs> he just seems very relaxed and chill all the time. So it's largely Chris builds it up himself over the month. Yeah. That's really it. We get a an internet nerd segment with the giant after this. I actually kind of like this one. Lee Marshall tells him at first that you know everyone's scared of the choke Sam. No one likes getting choke Sam, which Giant likes. But then he claims that DDP took one and came back, which Giant does not like. It's like this. <laughs> where did where did the balls come from, Lee Marshall? Like <laughs> yeah. Giant starts saying he'll squash DDP like a cockroach, and the giant he is. Uh, and that uh, Lee shouldn't be saying stuff like this to his face and like wagging his finger in his, his face. Man, uh, Paul White's a lot bigger than Lee Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> it, in the ring, you don't get it that much because like it, you, you're used to big guys in the ring. When he's just sitting next to a normal human being, it's it's so frightening. The big grudge match of the night is next, what everyone's been waiting for and certainly hasn't fallen asleep halfway through the pay-per-view just to wake up to this. Bischoff versus Flair, grudge match. Families have been insulted. Heart attacks have been had. Surely this is going to be a drag-out brawl, right? Bischoff, out to very little fanfare, kind of just walks out uh, to normal music. Flair at first comes out with his uh, finery, but quickly derobes to sprint into the ring and get his hands on Bischoff. Bischoff outruns him for a little bit, but Flair gets to work. Big chops, stomps, choking Bischoff on the ground. What everyone wants to see in the crowd is loving it. Bischoff feigns a knee injury, which Flair does not give a fuck about, which is kind of funny. Just, <laughs> just keeps working. And then the ref pulls Rick off him. Bischoff just stands straight up and kicks him in the head, which is also 
Very funny visual. Flair blades early and hard, getting his head bashed uh, to the guardrail and cutting. Uh, Flair low blows uh, Bischoff twice in front of the ref. Was this a no DQ match? Did I miss that at a point? Or there's no way to know because that's <laughs> every match on the card. The referee just, wants to see a finish. He just looked straight at him and was like, "The ref made a face for one of them." <laughs> just like, "Ooh, that's gonna hurt." He takes uh, Bish's shirt off with some more big chops. The ref tries to stop it, but Flair just knocks him out. Shatter dreams by Rick in the corner. Figure four by Flair, and the ref isn't up. He's gonna wake the ref up as he's in the figure four, which is also kind of funny visual. Uh, Hennig runs the ring. He's been injured. He's been out. Hands Bischoff these kind of, they call it a foreign object. It's like fake brass knuckles. Uh, Bish sits up and just decks Flair, uh, who is knocked out cold. Bischoff slowly crawls over Flair for a tree count. Man, that was disappointing. Mm. What did why, you guys why, think? Why, of? Does, why does Bischoff need to wrestle again? Why does like, Bischoff he, need to win? <laughs> I, well, so the whole thing was I know they were supposed to have a match. They eventually have a match to get control of WCW. I thought that's what this match was going to be. So no. knowing that they just have a match that's just about nothing, I guess. Yeah, like, got to save that one for the Nitro. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the next night. I think it's like. <laughs> I don't mind him wrestling because it's a comeuppance from a storyline, but like. He gets his comeuppance for about two minutes and then wins. He gets like three offensive moves in on Rick and Rick is out cold. And Rick Blades. And Blade Blades! <laughs> why wasn't this long? I don't want to see it particularly, but if you're going to book this, why isn't it longer? Why isn't like the, the NWO stopping you from getting your hands on Bischoff and you finally do to a big pop? They used to do all the punishment up front, which is very unusual for this type of match, and then just have Bischoff win and get loads of offense in. I think part of it, where I'm coming from with my problems with Bischoff wrestling is, yes, like he needs comeuppance and people do like seeing him. That's fine. But Bischoff as a performer, it, even in the ring as well, like I think he's even worse. So it's just, yeah. it just doesn't appeal to me because even at least when like McMahon wrestles, like it's entertaining. Like he can pull out like a good match at least at times. Like it's, it's still a dumpster fire, but like it's an entertaining dumpster fire. Like this, these aren't. Same thing with the Larry match as well. No, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I hated this. Yeah, I didn't like this at all either. Uh, I'll give credit to the ref for taking a hell of a, of a bump for once on the on the break because it was it it felt in it felt natural. Uh, but then that was obviously countered by the fact that like Rick had to conveniently sit up so Eric could conveniently hit him in the head to finish the match. But otherwise, yeah. It's just, terrible stuff and didn't even get the result that you should run with like not only does he win it does it's not even like he didn't even get come a comeuppance and now he has to feud with somebody else essentially because kurt is the one that cost him it like so it's all taken off and eric just gets to like wander off and be like i beat rick flair 13 time world champion Hennick being the one to help him out is kind of weird there's really not much connection between the two nope. so that's also just odd I don't I think I've ever seen them interact together. Yeah. I, it's, it's probably just because of the Ric Flair thing. Yeah, I'm assuming it's to play back with because he was in the Horseman and all the stuff when he came in. But he was uh, he was in a great suit. It was a ridiculous suit. <laughs> Fantastic suit. It was I mean, way he, too he big. He stole one of Rick Rude's suits. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it does look like Rick lent him a suit, which is probably what happened. Yeah, this was super disappointing. Uh, 
I, I agree with you, Connor. I don't think I'd have him wrestle at all. But if you're going to have him wrestle, I don't know why it would be like this either. Yeah, maybe, maybe just like do like a tag team match. You have uh, Bischoff with one of the NWO members and Flair, and you could have just had the Horseman versus some NWO guys. There you then go. Just, then just yeah. had Flair get had Flair get your hands on Bischoff at the very end. Yeah. And- so you can build to something, you know, and you can protect them. It's would, right there. It's not, this obvious. isn't even like fancy booking, like all <laughs> out of the way kind of stuff. Those men were probably in the arena. Like it's, I don't. Yeah, care. just getting good catering, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, after this, though, they zazz us up with some new content to really get us. Nah, it's a rerun of the Giant versus Brett versus Page, or uh, the Giant and Brett versus Page. It's all the stuff that's happened on the Nitros. Brett goading out Paige, trying to get, trying to tell him he's going to get more title shots when he comes out. There's a very funny one where Brett's just like, come on, Paige, come out. I swear you're just going to get a title shot. Come on. <laughs> and he just gets hammered in the back by a chair by Giant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> contrived. He's like, I promise you, if you come to the ring this time, it will be a title shot. Wham, straight in the back. It's so good. I understand why this feud is happening. Brett is injured, so probably can't continue the Paige feud. Uh, and at least they're using two of their big stars for this one. We got DDP, who's the master of the diamond cutter, and Giant, who's the master of the choke slam. I hate to go call- back like 10 seconds, right? Yeah. But if ever you wanted an example of WCW's laziness and why the WF production is so much better, that promo recap had an ad for the pay-per-view that you <laughs> are watching right now and how to order it. That's how lazy they are. They couldn't chop off like five seconds off of promo. They just ran it. Yeah, they oh. won't notice. We have their money already. Run it. I, I was saying that they call them both masters of their finishers. They call four different people the master of X move on this paper. <laughs> and I'm sick of it. I'm frankly sick of it. I love DDP, but so much of his gimmick is like, he can diamond cutter you. I'm like, yeah, I know. The wrestlers use their finishers. I get it. I get, I get the concept. Giant has his normal somber walk to the ring while DDP takes a marathon through the crowd. My God, he touches every member of that audience. Uh, both men exchange spitting at each other to start the match. Classy stuff. I mean, Giants was just a piece of uh, chewing gum. gum, but DDP <laughs> just like gets everything all, all over the Giants. <laughs> all the bodily fluids over Giants. It's pretty gross. <laughs> it is. Page starts the match by outsmarting Giant earlier. He ducks his big shots. He uh, uses a trash can to block a punch and hit him. Don't know why that's not a DQ. Uh, but Giant, I, just, I love the random trash can just sitting there. And Demon Tony's like, "Yeah, fans, I, I don't know why that's there, but you know, but it is. <laughs> yeah. I guess Take it's legal." <laughs> also, those trash cans just crumble. If I were to punch someone through it, they'd still get hurt. Like it's, I, I never got that spot too much. Uh, DDP struggles valiantly and tries to pull himself up at every opportunity, but Giant just throws him around like he's nothing. Big bear hugs and just throwing him across the ring. Uh, DDP nearly hits a few surprise cutters, but Giant hits a huge power slam and uh, that uh, gets Paige up. Does you know I could have pinned him for three, but let's keep wrestling for some reason. Float over DDP by Paige for a double down. Page goes for a pin, but Giant launches him off into the ref, who's now dead. Brett is down with a chair, but DDP ducks it, and he just clocks. He murders Giant with that chair shot. Poor Giant's skull. Low blow by Page to dispose of Brett, and only a one count before the pin is shrugged off. 
two flying clotheslines, keeps Giant off his feet, but the third one, Giant catches him by the choke, trying to go for a choke slam. Low blow by Paige, but Giant just shrugs it off. This is not, doesn't work. <laughs> Giant sets up a super choke slam, but midair, Paige turns around and reverses it into a cutter for a three count. What did you guys think of this match? For a typical giant match, it wasn't too bad. You know, like it's what's the ceiling of giant matches these days? So it's I don't know if you can really write that much home about it, but I think DDP did a great job selling and deserves the win. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's pretty, pretty functional. They got the right winner. They did some stuff. I I would immediately question the mechanics of that finisher, but you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't he still just getting choke slammed at the end of the day? Yeah. It's it's not the best thing when they, when they do, (laughs) they run the replay and you could just see him like turn in midair. Yeah. Yeah. It it didn't look any better in slow-mo at all. Yeah. You're, you're still hitting the same impact. Let's not like show the weaknesses of the joke slam. Yeah. I thought this was fine. Like nothing to write home about advances boat men. I don't think, unfortunately for giants career, I don't think him losing like loses anything, so he just always ends up jobbing in these spots. Well, he's all he's also halfway out the door, so you can tell. I think he is also rightfully halfway out the door. I've heard his arguments in interviews where he's like, "Well, I keep just like losing to the main eventers, but I am just main eventing a bunch of stuff, and I am just like fighting champions and the best guys, and they're paid like double my pay." Seems pretty normal to leave the company at this stage, to be honest. After this, we get. A reuse of reused footage as we get the Heavenly Cloud music package of Nash and Goldberg. Again, the exact same package that they were on before. So on, on a scale of 1 to 10, how annoyed does that make you? Like an 8. Like, okay. it's just so... Ooh, I'm not that high, because the only, and the only reason for that is this this one is just it's short. So yeah, I, yeah, it yeah. didn't bother me as much. I, I only brought it up because I, I knew you wouldn't be as bothered, but I knew Dave would be. Now imagine you had to do you had to watch that every week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, like that's Could this do. is what Nitro is. Like you're you're going to see multiple recaps of the stuff that happens on the night, no less, all the time. Like I know people have complained about WWF and rightly so and WWE, whatever they're called now, uh, for doing this also, but like this is next level bad with how often they do it. Yeah, it's, it's just that it's the exact same. If it was a little oh, yeah. longer or a little shorter or, like, changed for a reason or, like, repurposed, I'd still not like it, but I'd accept it. It's just to say, it's like they accidentally put it on earlier and, like, well, we have a minute and a half to kill or run it again or whatever. Uh, the, Scott, the Scott Norton match didn't go long enough. Let's run the exact same package again. Like, it's just. They're undercompensating for going over the pay-per-views now. Yeah. They've, they've learned their mistake. They're not going to make it again. So like, oh, we have this well of stuff. Might as well run it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you could have had a, a nice little promo package about like the streak, but no, yeah. not really. Uh, Buffer out for the main event as always. Crowd seems very divided on Nash. Buffer calls him the master of the jackknife powerbomb. He's never been called that before. Why is that being highlighted here? <laughs> Big Kev has an excellent tan, I have to point out. <laughs> he does, actually. It's very well rested. Why does everyone in the, in the WCW need to finish or highlight so much? Anyway, uh, Goldberg stops mid-entrance backstage to sign a t-shirt. If his entrance wasn't cat, long why enough. Why is that kid backstage? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why is he in the stands? Yeah. Who let him here? He has a security entourage. It seems really easy to get <laughs> past him. 
I thought, was, I thought it was maybe just one of the wrestler's kids i'm guessing oh yeah. yeah yeah it's just it's just absurd to think about it. you're like yeah a random child is just backstage backstage <laughs> you know just chilling just before the main event just chilling you've never been <laughs> <laughs> uh crowd is less mixed on goldberg he is 100 the face of this matchup even if they tried to make nash look sympathetic nash as we've discussed is very over but it shows how much goldberg's over the crowd are just overwhelmingly uh cheering for him yeah, Gus, um, is there any difference with the crowd on, on the Nitros with Goldberg? No, but okay. having said that, he's not really on the shows. So. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Because, yeah, again, yeah. going through all the shoot interviews again, the, the narrative pops up again of Goldberg not being as hot, Goldberg type of thing. Like it's. I mean, I wouldn't say that. He's just not on the shows. They don't book him. Like, he wrestles once. Okay. Well, this is why I wanted to do the podcast, because I wanted to just destroy this myth right yeah here. yeah like he he shows up to they do a contract signing there's all the brawling stuff that you see in the recaps and he i guess technically there's that three-way match and then he has an actual match with giant just to like show him doing the jackhammer again and that's it he doesn't re- he doesn't wrestle he doesn't do promos like nothing he's it's like he's barely there he's never on thunder now yeah it's like he's just this looming guy in the background for the most part. Uh, yeah, obviously I only have the the pay-per-views to go off of, but very few wrestlers I've ever heard have got this reaction from crowds. Like, there's moments, I, I can tell you about moments I get this, but no wrestlers consistently get this reaction. It's Just so even looking at it now, I, I've seen, I've, you know, I wit- witnessed the show live. Watching it now, again, for like the second time, I still kind of get goosebumps. Just, just from his fucking entrance yeah <laughs> like his entrance is great i'm, I'm glad to hear that gus because yeah I, i've from several shoot interviews that people are trying to maybe get in bischoff's ear about this like oh maybe you should take it off him he's not as hot anymore type of thing mm. the one i heard from kev uh that's very silly is uh oh he was only hot when he was get when he was chasing i don't think i've ever seen a champion this well received i mean if that's even remotely true it's their own fault yeah for booking him like that now i will say i we can probably go back to it after we talk about the match but i think there is an argument that you do take it off him but you can get there the the match is pretty simple goldberg gets the best of the early exchange uh, exchanges mostly his way out of a lockup belly to back suplexing out of a headlock nash goes to work with his elbows and boots in the corner but goldberg explodes out catching his boot and exchanging submissions in the middle of the ring with nash who's way too tall to ever lose to a submission. Goldberg knocks Kev out with one punch, and there's a lot of these like little surprise moments, stuff that doesn't normally happen to Kev, and I kind of love it. Sprinkle I love that spot. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Kev looks like that's ne- like Kev looks like all plastered on his face. No one's ever knocked me down before with one punch. Like That's, that's insane. Spear by Goldberg, and he signals for the end. Low blow by Nash to stop the jackhammer, though. Thought he was a face. Very weird spot. Boatmen go through their classic exchanges for close two counts. Then Disco Inferno comes to the ring. The star that everyone (laughs) needed to see at the end of the show. Uh, Dave, did you know about this? No, I did not fucking know about it. I was waiting for this moment. Apparently, Disco has been trying to become part of the wolf pack. He is, Dave. He is, you know. I don't think Kev likes him as a member of the Wolfpack. He's claimed he has claimed that he that Kev let him into the Wolfpack, and he's been wearing gear. The only person who's interacted with him was has been Conan, and Conan's like, "You're not 
get that t-shirt off you. <laughs> um, and there's one, there's one week where he says he'll wrestle whoever to prove to them that he's in the wolf pack and he'll be whoever it is and blah, blah. And then giant comes out and annihilates him. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> he gets uh, speared pretty promptly out of his boots. Bam, bam, out of nowhere. <laughs> gets just clothesline to the outside. I love Bam Bam, but they've already destroyed his credibility. I haven't seen a point where he's not just got beat up. He picks a fight with someone and just gets the shit kicked out of him every time. Remember, this is new. Disqualification. Absolutely it is. And Bigelow, once again, uninvited. Whoa. Not supposed to be here. Sending him to jail. Meanwhile, Nash gets a break. We hear a weird and ominous clicking off screen. (laughs) And it's Scott Hall in a security t-shirt. And he stun guns Goldberg, who's waiting in the corner to spear Nash. Goldberg's basically dead. And he gets jackknifed for the tree count. Commentary sell this amazingly. As he's getting jackknifed, they're just like, oh no. Oh no, like in complete disbelief, like they haven't been told the results of this match before. Goldberg twitches and flops around and gets out of the ring. Kevin Nash looks shocked and we end the show. Before we really get into analyzing this match, I'd like to say how well Scott Hall was disguised for this spot. <laughs> hey, who's wearing that the yellow, yeah, the yellow yeah. security shirt on? Who's in fooling? Who's like who's that six foot five? <laughs> Did you hear the crackle afterwards? Where yeah. he'd like walked off camera, but he was still near another one and he was just messing with it? Yeah. <laughs> it's why does he need to be in the security? <laughs> Like, like he was just standing next to him. Everyone's like, oh, who's that guy? Who's the yeah, new tall security guard? Obviously that would like know Scott it's Hall. Scott Hall. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows it's Scott Hall. He has such a distinct look. Oh, guys, this is uh, a lot to unpack. What did you think of this match? I actually thought it was going okay until all the run-ins happened. But yeah, after that, it's whatever. <laughs> it's Yeah, I, I would say the short version, it was just... Overall, I would say it's not the worst match from either guy. I wouldn't say it's mm. the best either. No, no. I, I was going to say I think it might be one of Goldberg's better matches until the end. Yeah. and that's, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't botch anything. They got a, a couple spots that make a lot of sense. They make him look good. Kev doesn't look like an idiot or anything. Just looks like Goldberg's good. But we never hit second gear because Disco Inferno it's ring. just not needed for, for him to come out. If, if you want to do the Bam Bam thing, I understand. Yeah, but yeah, but Bam Bam makes sense. He's interfered in everything. Disco right? is totally unnecessary. Right. It's well, so and that, that's the reason why, hey, the security needs to come out to take Bam Bam away. Okay. Do you think yeah. the other security guards were like, who's the new guy? Well, they kind of show that on camera. There's like a guy behind him going, keep walking. Like, or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
It may have been a clusterfuck, but do you think it was successful, though? Do you think this match did what it needed to do? No. I think it was too soon to take it off the guy. I don't think he's been on many pay-per-views with the title. I don't think he's been on many Nitros with the title. I think this whole concept that he needs to chase and rip through the NWO makes no sense. He's literally just done that. I think we've talked about the fan reaction being huge. I get the concept that he's so big, he can't lose in a fair way. Like, he's so strong. He's so powerful if you were to right. rest his powers. Right. They, they booked themselves in the corner, right? Yeah. They can't have Kev just beat him, but they want the title off him. It's just, it's even small details. Like, this is his 177th win. Why not be for the 200th win if you're going to make up numbers? Oh, if he wins this, it's win 200. If he loses, he's at 199 or whatever, you know? There's just so many small details that get weird about this title change. And I know I hate him, but why the fuck is Disco Inferno in this match? Like, one of your biggest (laughs) marquee matches of the year, your comedy act that you fired for being a scumbag recently is in the main event. Like, your comedy side plot to the WCW, to the Wolfpack. We we harp on about continuity, and I mean, they decided to give us continuity. (laughs) It could have been any other member of the Wolfpack. It's it's a weird one to say. It certainly is clouded by what we have to cover next. Because yeah, yeah, and I I, I want to mainly focus on the match because yeah. in the moment when I'm when I'm watching this, the reaction I get, I'm pissed. But like yeah. it, it's, I think it's the correct reaction of what they want. So yeah. in that sense, I thought the match was successful. Yeah, because the crowd was going fucking nuts. Yes, when, when the finish was going down, and I think it was genuine. Like euphoric reaction compared to something like taker streak reactions which was more like shocked I'm like what the hell just happened like really did that just happen like eh type of thing but this was yeah. like holy shit this just happened that was kind of cool even though again we they don't know that what's coming in the next few weeks it's more of just like holy crap they just made a really big decision can't, can't wait to watch on monday night and that's what i felt i'm like i have to watch monday night now I cannot wait to see what they do. I, I think that's their goal. I think their goal for a lot of their booking, and we, we've talked about this at the start of the, uh, the podcast, and we'll probably talk about it on one of our last episodes, is it is no longer about selling pay-per-views. It is about winning Monday. Yeah. And how you win Monday is have your pay-per-views end in massive surprises. And this is the biggest surprise they could think of because that's all they know kind of how to book. And in that regards, Yeah. This, like I wouldn't be surprised if the Nitro started off with a huge number if we look into it, you know. I wouldn't be uh, surprised if mostly, unless, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to it, a couple of incidents happen that the Nitro might have beaten her all because it's such a big surprise, you know. I, is that good? I don't think so. Is that what, have they accomplished their mission? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's just an encapsulation of how their booking has been the last while. They They hit on something and they just don't know what the next step is meant to be. When you're saying like, oh, the guys are in shoot interviews and they're saying, oh, he was going cold and whatever. He's going cold because you guys don't have a clue what you're supposed to do with him and you haven't set anything up. As a match itself, I mean, I think it probably achieves about as well as you can. Like at some point he has to lose. Losing like this, that's probably fair. He doesn't look like an idiot. He doesn't look like he got chumped out of it or something. He sold the shit out of that. Yeah, he does. He does everything asked of him. And then the other guy isn't so unbelievably better than him now that he doesn't look on. 
he doesn't look immortal in, in retrospect to everybody else then. Like, you're not creating another person who's just as bad by putting him over another one. So I think it achieves what they what they want. It's just that I don't think they have a real plan of what they're going to go. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of people who go, I want the belt. I want the belt. I make more money than this guy. Give me the belt uh, going on backstage. So the biggest argument for it is that I don't know that they've set it up at all for him to go anywhere else. Like, he has nobody else to, to wrestle after this, if he wins, because he's basically beaten everybody, and you're you're kind of left kind of going, so what do we do? Because they've nobody... I mean, they in theory, you can go, uh, when Randy comes back, he can feud with Randy. And you're like, well, Randy was a face, really. And then all these other guys are faces. And then, oh, I guess we can do the retread of we can do another heel again that he's already beaten. And I don't know, it probably just fizzles out from there. I also would agree with what you're saying, like because all the shows are geared around, we have to have surprises. We have to have this. Having a settled champion is not a good thing for that. Like having somebody consistently be the champion will get old quite fast for people who are looking for excitement and surprises and the live element and like anything can happen kind of thing. A guy having the belt for a year is probably a terrible idea in this that was gonna be my next question so say in, in, in the fantasy booking sense like how how long would you have kept it going because i've seen people say like oh he goldberg should have been 400 no or something like that i'm like i don't uh, know if i would go that far but like are we talking like two months are we talking yeah, about until the next starcade maybe or probably not the next starcade a little bit longer the, the, pro- the problem with it is we don't know how it was would have ever played out because he wasn't used properly like as gus says he's barely on the show's He's barely been on the pay-per-views since he's been champion. So I, it feels empty because it feels like he's barely had the title, even right. though he's like so perfect with the title. So it's hard to say how much longer I want out of him. The answer is probably until they have someone good to take it off. Him. I mean, he's had yeah. it five months now. Yeah. And that, yeah. and it, I would understand a little bit more too, if they could use the defense of the buy rates, but they don't, or they can't because yeah. this, this show was the second best show of the year. Again, I'll point it out. There's no Hogan on this pay-per-view. So they can't use that excuse. Oh, well, Hogan was the draw in here. He's nowhere to be found. So Goldberg's obviously a draw. It's kind of what's so sick about it. As much as we've complained about no star power on this pay-per-view, it kind of shows how big some of the young guys are. Like, Nash isn't that young at the stage. But Nash, Goldberg, DDP, Giant. These guys obviously are doing enough that even though this card's very weak, people want to see what's happening. Maybe somewhat the openers, like there's good storyline between Eddie and uh, LWO and stuff. But ah, nobody's buying a pay per view for that. <laughs> I don't think they're buying it solely because of that. But I think it shows that they only need a couple good matches and a couple of their names that are on TV every week. But I mean, that's been their entire modus operandi for two years. <laughs> They've been selling pay per views off of one and two match cards and then filling it out with good cruiserweights and whatever. The guys that are not on this card are insane to think of, and it becomes one of their best buy rates, right? Lex, Sting, Harlem Heat, Hogan, Piper. Horseman, they, yeah. Ho- the Horseman weren't even on. They didn't even show them get kicked out of the arena. They're not even on the card. They just lost Warrior. I don't know how cemented that is in people's minds at, that, at this point, if they still think he'll be back. <sighs> he just disappeared. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, even uh, took a, they even took a stab at him because they still have Renegade hired. Yeah. And uh, oh, they God, just they really? they even say like straight out like that he's a warrior impersonator. All right. So 
that's done. What? <laughs> they like you don't you don't have. There's some other people I'm forgetting to mention here as well. I'm sure, but so many of your high paid star power, you know, buy your eight guys aren't on this pay per view, and Nash and Goldberg pack them in. You know, so it's sad to see kind of where it goes from here, and it's sad to see I think the title taken off them because they had something. Because it's right, all this talk of cooling down. I can't hear him cooling down. Like, like one of the biggest reactions, it's a stone cold reaction. Like it's the exact same kind of reactions Austin got in this era. And I didn't know anyone else got him. If they, if they run and forget about what actually happens, just to yeah. accept that that's not in your brain for the moment. If they just run the rematch by the next pay-per-view, yeah, that gives them a month and then he can get the belt back. But then what do you do with him? I would have loved to see. I, I don't know if we're going to see any of it. Uh, <laughs> like he's I, already I, ran through DDP. Yeah. He's already ran through Brett. Yeah. He wrestled Hogan. I don't, Flair, I don't you, some like Flair. You could do yeah. a triple threat. You know, like it, there's there's a couple things, but yeah, there's like one or two. But I'd like to see the thing with him and Bam Bam continue. I mean, the way they're treating Bam Bam, I don't know if he even has a contract. Like the the way it, it seems to be being used. Like he's yeah, it's weird. I, I don't understand what's going on there. there there's some like you, it depends if uh, if you want to use him as like he's kind of been a tweener. You could have him fight Sting. Sting could be a heel. Like he's he's out for a little bit, so like yeah. I don't know how reliable that is, but that 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 is, that is a choice. He's probably the the biggest one they get can run that he hasn't really wrestled is Steiner, but mm-hmm. Steiner probably needs a bit more time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it, it's not easy. It just seems like the reasons the title were taken off him, or I suppose everyone's gonna say their own shooting. We're never gonna know the full truth, but the reasons the titles were taken off him, I think, were poor. And the booking Perhaps. before the title was taken off him is poor. It's also very obvious. There was a question we asked before is, was Kev getting as over as like uh, Goldberg? Cause he was getting very good reactions. I think this match shows he was not as over as Goldberg. The fans uh, wanted I don't Goldberg. think that's true. I think he's, he is really, really, he is very, very over. I think he's I think very it, over, but yeah, I think he's over, but just yeah. Going against Goldberg. So yeah, he does have some, interesting reactions on the the next day of nitro which we'll talk about more in our next episode but um something i wanted to talk about a little bit so he's on the booking team now at this point yes <laughs> and that's been that's a lot of fans have criticized him for that and then a lot of the wrestlers and bishop will push back the why do you think he would book himself to win the title just to lose a week later so what would you guys say about that in that whole situation it's so tough, and he, Kev and Scott and some of the others are also very smart in their interviews, so they'll change their opinions depending on how the landscape's looking. Yeah. Uh, so they had, like, when Goldberg wasn't looking like he was working in WWE, they shot on him a lot more than when he did in, in that kind of era and stuff like that. I think there's a good chance Kev, like, the way a lot of wrestlers said it, were a little jealous, thought he was getting over and that he could take the title. And that the NWO should be the biggest thing on the card. And at this stage, it is not. Goldberg is way bigger than the NWO and the Wolf Pack and whatever you have going. So I think this was like a kind of plan to put the NWO back on the top of the card. But he also says he thinks he had a plan. He wanted Goldberg to run through the new NWO, like the strong NWO. And I guess we'll never know fully, which is true. But from Kev's history, it feels like he's just overestimated himself a little bit and booked it a bit poorly i think just just to keep attention on him i can see the the idea and principle of like let's just replay 
what he did but do it correctly because they did kind of fuck it up yeah not not fuck it up they just like accelerated the timeline to not miss him being so over so now they're like okay we've done that bit now let's do the full story and in the meantime we'll get a whole bunch of other people back over give them a bunch of challengers and hopefully it'll it'll run its run its course like and they can do all the shenanigans and do all the whatever and they can milk that so it's a good idea in principle i think i I just don't know how <laughs> i i think he's has good intentions generally yeah i I've, I've come around a little bit on that yeah not not I've, I've watched it play out a little bit i've i've, I've kind of given him the benefit of the doubt on this one just yeah. because i've seen how how bad hogan has been throughout this this whole run mm. yeah he's no so hogan I, I i just give him no credit now it's i think his intentions are good i think his intentions are I want the company to make money because that makes me money. I think he's probably short-sighted with the booking, and I probably think he overestimates himself a little. I, I don't think that's short-sighted, though. If their intention is to do this... Oh, I mean, it's short-sighted thing. as in, uh, I think he has a plan. I think that plan is probably poor. I probably think that plan doesn't work. Now, who knows if that plan was just changed on the fly a bunch of times? That I, I would absolutely believe that. I don't know what else they're going to do. I think th- I think they've just not had any sort of they've been kind of rudderless for so yeah. long that a plan is better than what they've been doing, and it's just the prevailing and attitudes of the era. Them sticking with Goldberg as uh, unbeatable champion isn't going to work because it's not what people want at the time, and they can't afford to fall further behind. Let's not they're they're being beaten again like yeah. Pretty oh, yeah. badly. I, I think that's a good point. I, th- I think there is also a bit of a. I don't want to say desperation yet, but they're trying to recapture the the storm. You know the yeah the lightning in a bottle. And this is an attempt at it, right? They're like, well, we got a huge viewership pop when Goldberg was the chaser, so let's make him that again. Let's go back to the formula of like the NWO keeping one guy down, like they did with uh like the Piper stuff or whatever. Piper and Sting, yeah, yeah, and Piper and Sting. It would be easier to believe that if they didn't fuck up the ending of every storyline they've done. Like, we can say that, but then Hogan fucked up the end of Sting. And we can say that, except Piper just disappeared. So it's hard to know. Uh, but yeah, it might just be more of a, maybe I'm being a bit harsh and they're going, we're going to go back to what we know and what worked. And that was one face prevail, trying to prevail over 50 goons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of wrap us up a little bit, if you guys had to rank... The Starcade finishes, the ones that we've done, how would you rank them? Oh. So we've watched this one, Sting. Hogan Sting, and what was the other one? P- Piper Hogan. Piper Hogan. God, this, this is the, the best, best one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no, that's yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like, like, sadly enough, <laughs> it, this yeah. is the best one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. Uh, the finish is creative. If Inferno isn't there, I probably am not as mad. If it's just like, as I said, Bam Bam and Scott, your other main eventers. I mean, Bam Bam doesn't need to be in it at all. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't. But at least that's co- like it makes sense. Bam Bam's interfered in all their matches. You know, it, it makes some sense. I guess he he's not a main eventer, by the way. No, way. In my, in my he's heart, just a, he's just a guy. In my heart, he is same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you put 97 definitely the worst then, and then ninety six meh? In the Sting, Sting so, one is yeah. the worst one because yeah. while Piper one sucks, it's not a good match or whatever. It means nothing in the long scale of things. Like, not putting over Sting as a megastar was a massive mistake, only rivaled by this one. 
It, yeah. it actively ruins the company. Yeah. Like, yeah, those two decisions, not making Goldberg, not making Sting, like not really running with them and giving them everything. Yeah, it's just piss poor. Look at the other company at the moment, and they're making megastars that haven't been rivaled since. You know, they're making people like The Rock. They're making people like Stone Cold. They're making yeah, a bunch it's, of... It's, it's hard to compare everything to WWF now, because it's just... Sometimes, when I've watched the past couple of, like shows or for for the podcast... Yeah. yeah, I've just like eh, let me let me see how is is Raw actually that red hot? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Just, so that's why it's hard to look at Bischoff for me because it's like I'll look at random McMahon segments. Mm. It is just like ridiculously hot. He just like, has the, the facials and the emotions and yeah, characters. Just his just, promos are just just spot yeah. on as well, yeah. and well, he knows what he's doing. He, he, yeah, I mean, he did have the benefit of like trying out the character off screen mm-hmm. and everything to yeah. kind of figure it out. I thought it was just interesting. I, I, I loved coming back to this show. These couple weeks in wrestling is like the most vitriol of like things I've gotten like so excited and pissed off at the same time from both companies. <laughs> I, so it's, I have never watched the Nitro that we're going to cover on one of our, uh, on I cannot wait show. for this. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> I have only seen the actual poke. I have not seen the whole show, I've not seen the schmoz that comes up to it. Uh, I've never actually heard the butts and seats line. I've I just mean, you've heard it. About it. I, I've heard, heard it. I've, I've read about it, but I've never like seen the show while it was happening. I know, but you've you've definitely seen the clip. Maybe. Ah, they've, they've used it so many times. I'm yeah. sure you have. But uh, like in in context with the show. So. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Oh, it's totally out of context. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How, how about, have you seen the Raw from that day? Have yeah, I was going to ask that. because I, I haven't seen the full Raw. I've seen the main event. We should probably watch that Raw as well. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch the Raw for the next episode, build up to it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we can review that real quick as well. Yeah. Yeah, That'd yeah. Fun. Just so, so we have a comparison of a sinking ship to a rising ship. <laughs> but, guys, big episode for us. Big pay-per-view. I'm going to ask you, as I always do, what did you think of the pay-per-view and whose side are you on, Connor? So overall, I did not like the show, which was kind of a huge letdown because I remember this being so so much hype and it really got me to react when I was a 12-year-old back in the day. There was just a lot of nothing in the middle of the card, but a lot of A-plus talent, as we we talked about, just not being used right now. And I think that's the most, that's, I think that's the worst part of the show. And just the worst part of WCW at this point, because they have so much of it and they're just not utilizing it. And while the show had just a lot of interference, especially with the main event, I think the show was an overall success because I couldn't wait to tune into Nitro, like I said before. I couldn't wait for Goldberg to kick some ass. But then, you know, the next few months happen. And <clears throat> but, yeah, <you know, laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, for whose side I'm on, Goldberg, no question. Like I said, I wanted to see him kick ass. So I was on a sign back then. I'm, my side right now can't wait how about you gus what do you think of the show and whose side are you on yeah real rough hour and a half give or take in the middle that just it's not even bad or like bad to the point where it's funny or anything it's just kind of boring boring and it's just kind of bland and it's just there and yeah it just it just really really drags it out and then the opener is it's great. It's like they're not trying. It's more yeah, of just like, just, eh, let's just, do, just put matches. I don't care. Like just they're not get even Scott trying, out like, there. <laughs> a lot of WWF's decisions were not great during this period, but like you can you can also say like, eh, at least they're trying something. Yeah. On that WWF Raw, there's a really cringy moment where 
uh, what's her name has the miscarriage. So there are oh. bad stuff oh, here. Yeah. They are doing some stuff. Like I, I don't want to like give let them off the hook of hey, at least they're trying. But same thing with WCW. Hey, it's sold out fucking sucked. But hey, at least you tried something. So yeah. it just it feels like they just don't want to try anything anymore. Yeah. So the opening was good, and the main event served its purpose as Connor already mentioned. So I think it's, I don't know, it's it's probably in the mid mid range of stuff we've watched. Yeah. You really have to think about that at some point. Like, what, what, what kind of order? What the best pay per view was and worst pay per view? That's gonna be the final wrap up episode. We'll have some yeah. fun with that. I, I need to start thinking about it soon because it's gonna be a tough argument because a lot of them are very blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As for whose side I'm on, I think it's got to be my number one boy who I've always loved, and I think he's showed that he's pretty good. And it's Kev. Kev. Kev yeah. finally getting some a reward. Because, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff that just isn't his level. Like, they were tag champions for a long time, and yeah, he could have been a dick about it and pushed himself up and whatever. So, yeah, I'll go with Kev for his quick reign. As for me, pretty disappointed. I think this is one of the worst booked shows we've had. And not because it's bad, not because I disagree with it, but as you guys said, Bland, cardinal sin, bland, bad, jobbers all over your biggest card of the year. Makes no sense. It seems like someone threw a dartboard. It seemed like they went, whipped around the offense and said, you know, who wants to work today, actually, guys? Do you mind? Can we throw together a match? Just bizarre stuff. The good stuff was good. I'm trying to think out of the context of what I know happens in future. The main event is at least interesting, unlike the rest of the card. For whose side I'm on, Bam Bam. Can't wait for him to get his hands on either Goldberg or Kev. He deserves his match, damn it. Uh. That's us for another episode of the WCW vs. NWO podcast. Remember, you can find us in the same handle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Connor, where else can they find us? Patreon.com slash WCW vs. NWO podcast. If you want to support us for just $1, you get a bunch of extra bonus content. You can also just help us keep the podcast going, so... We're almost done with our arc, so uh, if you want to support us, we'd greatly appreciate it. From Fergus, Connor, and me, thanks for listening, and join us next time when we'll be poking a hole in WCW's booking. <laughs>